I'm going to speak a little bit about the chait of May Mariva and um, what exactly was the avla and uh, the, the ramifications of the chait are very significant. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't get to go to Eretz Yisrael and uh, a lot of the events that take place or took place in history can trace themselves back to this mice. So you have to understand what was the chait? Everybody has a different shot. The Rabban goes on and on and talks about it. It even says a shtikl teira. Um, you have to understand, Hashem says to Moshe, kachis ha-mata, So, if he didn't want him to hit the rock, why did he tell him to take the mata? Right? Um, what's the chilik if he hits the rock or he talks to the rock? Bottom line is, there was an ace that water came out of the rock, and it was a Kiddush Hashem, Umaynaf Kamina. It's another Nakud over here we'll talk about. Is It says, Vayakilu Moish Varanis Kola Kol Pnei So Rashi says, Echad Menamakoy Moishe Hechzik Muat is Hamaruba. This is one of the places where a small place, to say the place was as small as the the the, the, the air of Miriam. Right? And so that Mokam held Gantz Klal Yisrael. So this is a nace of Muot Machsik Yisamaruba. So you have to understand what is the whole concept of Muot Machsik Yisamaruba. So in order to understand it, in the Seifim Mamakim, he brings down Sayyidus Hakdoma. You have to know the Hakdoma to Nitziv, the Hamik Dover, he has a Hakdoma to Seifer Bamidbor. And he says in the beginning, "Bishum the iker zeha sefer who hamachlit umishana haliches hamashem bechayu oylo meosh egiler tisrol and adair shaholchu ba midbor." The lesson over here you have to understand is that there's a transition that's taking place from the mahalach that Klal Yisrael experienced when they were in the midbar. And the mahalach that would be employed now when they went into Eretz Yisrael. Shabamidbar hai misnag vimidas tif eres. Shaholach liyamin moishe shulagamay the malam yalichas hateva. The mahalach in the midbar was totally lamalam in hateva. And that was the koyach of Moshe Rabbeinu. He led them in a matzav of lamalam in hateva. There was a be'er and there was mon and there was the the, the Anani Yaakovay, the whole matzah was unreal. It was a matzah of Mamish Shemayim Ba'oretz. Eretz Yisrael holch b'derech ha-teva b'sisrei ha-shkochus ma'achos Shemayim Eretz Yisrael, they lived with teva, which obviously teva is also the Yad Hashem, but it's b'seser. And so they had the b'zeh ha-shinoi hischil o'inu b'midbor b'shnas ha-boyim k'moshe v'yanu pashas kukas. Now, this transition starts to take place over here at this moment. And that's why, he says, the parasha starts off, uh, in, in, the Pesach starts off that, um, So, the Pesach expresses, it was the entire Eidah that was going to go into Eretz Yisrael. <coughs> the Mesei Midbar are dead. This is the 40th year. And now it's a whole new matzav. So in this 40th year, on one hand, they're still in the Midbar. They still have some of the uh, luxuries of the Midbar. 
but it's going to become a transition. So uh, the Nitziv the explains over here that um, and they're about to go to them in this 40th year in a sort of a middle approach. Just like a, a woman who's nursing a child and she's ready to wean the child from milk. But kva eizen meshech lenehi gomloi margelis sayel and maat mat machilas lechem. The mother might still be nursing, but she's tra- training the kid to eat solids. So he's already eating solids, but she's still nursing him. We call mokum lo eisat zorch meini koso atu nigma lekamri ki hoshe lahachlov seder achaim bepamachas. You can't take the child. You know, you, you stop feeding him and showing. Okay, here's a sandwich, right? And that's it. You know. You want you want to drink something? Going here's some scotch, right? It, it doesn't work that way. You've got to slowly but surely wean the child and train the child to eat something else. And so slowly but surely you go from the mother's milk, uh, maybe some formula if you can find it, and then you go to uh, you know to whatever it is, crushed bananas and uh, you know slimy peaches, and then you know you graduate to, to bread and to cholent or whatever it is, right? So it's a process. So too over here, Rebbeinu wanted to wean the Yidden off of all these nisim, but at the same time he wanted them to get used to living alpi the hashkocha of teva and to discover Hakadosh Baruch Hu that way. So this is where the events unfold. And that uh, that setting, so now comes the the, the mice of Meimariva. So. For this, you have to see what the, the Svas Emes says. Svas Emes says a pshat, which goes very much in hand with the Nitziv. And he says like this, Hashem says to Moshe, I want you to go, take your stick, and you'll go to the, um, you, you'll go to, to the, to, to, to the, wherever you're going. You'll talk to the rock, and it'll give its water. So Zokta Svas Emes Bidi Bartim Ella Seli Enem Dibur Huloshin Hanhoga Kmo Yad Ber Amen. We say this when we say the the seven times Zechul Rekoyruch Mizbor Yad Ber Amen Tachtenu Uluumim Tachas Rablenu. The Shporchu will subdue, right? We will guide the nations. They'll be under our supervision. So Yad Ber Amim Tachtene, we will guide the nation. We'll be in charge. So the Loshen Dibor is also Loshen of Yad Ber, of guiding, of leading something, right? So that Abshad is like this. The people will see that Moshe spoke to the rock. Meaning to say, the Moshe's Madrega, the Svasemis calls him Madrega of Emes. You saw Mamdish Emes Lamito in what he did, he saw was the Yad Hashem. The Madrega that Hashem wanted them to come to was the Madrega the Muna. You don't see it as clearly, right? The Emes is not written all over. You have to believe that it's what, what, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. It's a Muna. You don't see it as vividly with the same clarity. So the Pshat is like this, that Moshe Rabbeinu is going to talk to the rock. 
talking dibur, the bartim sela is you're going to show that the sela is going to be mekabel whatever you tell him. The words of Torah that you're going to say are going to bring the water out of the rock, which is going to show that teva is meshubit to the kleich of Torah. That al yidei Torah, the person lives with Torah, so the teva is subservient to the kleich of Torah. So when Moshe Rabbeinu talks to the rock, the rock gives out its water. Now, when Moshe would hit the rock, that's showing a bitl of teva, right? In other words, if I hit the rock, I'm showing... I have Kayach over the rock, it's a bitl of Teva, like a Kodesh Baruch who can make a Kriyas Yamsov, he can do whatever he wants. That means the Teva, the Teva exists, but I'm a Vatalit. But that's already Lamala, that's a different Madrega. What Moshe wanted to show Klaun Yisrael is the Teva exists, but you can control it because it's subservient to a life of Torah. If Moshe would have spoke to the rock, the lesson Klaus would have learned is we're going into Eretz Yisrael. We're going to live a life of Teva. But the life of Teva we're going to live is Meshubit to the life of Torah. And as long as we live according to the Dvar Hashem, so we will guide Teva, Yad Ber we will guide the Teva, Kafi, the Rotzen of the Torah, and the Torah will, the Teva will therefore give us whatever we need. The Teva will be subservient. The Teva will react to our Hanhaga. And if we have Hanhaga of Emuna in Hashem and, and living Alpid Devar Hashem, then we know that Teva is going to respond appropriately. But if we believe that Teva exists independently and we somehow worship the Teva as an independent Koyach, then we're going to be farfallen. We're going to lose out. We're not going to be able to achieve the madrega that Klai Yisrael can achieve. So Kodesh Baruch Hu says to Moshe, I want you to take the stick with you. The, the mate represented this lamalim in Hateva, that I can, I can smash the rock, I can destroy Teva, and make it, make it do what I want. I have a koyach over Teva that just destroys the Teva, like a Kodesh Baruch right? That koyach is really the same koyach as the koyach that Teva will be uh, guided by you. So he said, Moshe was showing class, so listen, I have the stick. The Rebbe still controls Teva. The Matik can still control it. can still overpower it. But you're going to go into a new world now where it's not going to work that way. Now you're going to go into a matzah where the Teva is going to be subservient to the Torah that you're going to live. Had Moshe spoken to the rock, he would have given them a lesson that the Torah is going to make the, the Teva subservient to anyone who lives al Piyat Torah. And they would have gone to Eretz Yisrael, they would have understood that our whole Mahalach in Eretz Yisrael is you live a life of Torah, you're working the land, you're cultivating the land, but it responds to you to the degree to which you've been a Torah. That would have been the lesson. But since Moshe hit the rock, Moshe was not using that Koyach. Moshe was saying that the Koyach of the Mater, the Koyach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, an overpowered Teva can destroy Teva. So then when Klaishul goes in and they have to deal with Teva, they'll see Teva as something independent. Now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu can make miracles. But when it's not making miracles, we have to deal with Teva as an independent entity that we have to, uh, you know, we have to hope that it works, right? Instead of recognizing that everything is Biyad Hashem and everything in life is Ashkoch they saw 
There's the world over here that has its own existence. And then there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu standing on the top, right? But had Moshe spoken to the rock, they would have learned it's all the same thing. It's all one Nakuda. Moshe has the rock at the same time. He, can, he has the stick, but he can talk to the rock. And the rock will give forth water, and they'll teach us a lesson. The fact that that lesson was not taught is the tragedy of, of Kalal Yisrael going forward. That throughout the Deiris, Yidin somehow got caught up and believed that Teva had its own independent existence. And whether they worshipped it like a Zora, or whether they believed that they had to forfeit their Avodah Hashem because Teva had to be dealt with, and you had to, whatever it was, you give up Shabbos, you give up Yontav, you give up whatever it is, because you have to deal with Teva. That was the tragedy that happened. And Moshe Rabbeinu's Hoga was Lumalum in Teva. Had Moshe hit the rock, spoken to the rock, he could have gone into Eretz Yisrael with that Anoka. Since he, Yan because he, he, he didn't, he didn't speak to the rock, he was forced to stay in the Midbar where that was the Mokum of his Hanhaga. Right? Had he gone into Eretz Yisrael, he could have built a base of Migdash, it wouldn't have been destroyed. Kla Yisrael would have been subservient to the Teva, to the Torah, and the Teva would have been subservient to the Torah, and the whole history of the world would have been different. That was the, uh, according to the Svasemis, that's the tragedy. Make myself clear? You follow? So, you have to understand that at this point, so what was this, this Indian of, um, the you understand that the Teva, the, the, everyone knows the, the, the word Hateva and Elikim are the same gematria, right? Because that, that's the void. If you understand this lesson properly, you understand that Lekim and Tev is all one thing. It's all the same. It's the Koyach Vakadosh Baruch Hu manifesting itself within nature. And if you look at it that way, that's why the Marshal, the Gemara tells the story of Pinchas Ben Yoyer. So he came to the, the Harginoi and he told it to split because he's going to do a mitzvah. So the Noir split. So Mosepis Kriyas Yamsov, we make a whole big thing. And uh, to Nisim Shabbat every morning we say the Shiras Hayam and everything. And Pinchas Ben Yoel, like Lachiyad, he does a Kriyas Yamsa three times for himself, for the Arab, for the other Yidden who were there. Right? So, uh, what's the Pshat? So, the Chilak is that Koydimat and Torah, Kriyas Yamsa was a Kodesh who had the override, he had to just like destroy Teva. He had to say, um, there's a Yamsuf and there's Teva, but I'm, I'm doing away with it. Once there was Torah, so the river is subservient to Das Torah. The river is subservient to a guy doing a mitzvah. So then it's not such a big miracle. That's the Teva of the world is that the Teva, the nature of Teva is, it's got to give in to the Klerka So therefore it, it wasn't an ace, it was Teva, right? So that was the Chilik. The Chilik was before Matan Torah, there's, there's, there's a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Kodesh Baruch Hu overrides Teva. Once there's a Torah, that is Teva. Teva is, so Klaisel understood that the essence of Teva is, is the, the Torah controls Teva, and that is Teva. So then Eino Hanami, they, they, they would have understood that much better. But um, see, we have to realize that the, this no such thing, like Ramban says, there's no such thing as Teva. Everything is Nisim. Whatever happens... So I'm going to a story in Rabbi Spiro's latest book. That he says that there was a, a bocher with an Eretz Yisrael, his name was Ezra, there. And um, he uh, grew up in a very not-from family. 
family in Eretz Yisrael. Father was very anti-Haredi. And you know, one day uh, he, he, he saw there was a contest. You go to a, a shear and uh, you answer questions, whatever. There was a, so these kids, always a prize always turned them on. So he went to hear the shear just, you know, because he wanted the prize. But he got so excited about the shear that the prize was no longer important. He wanted to hear the next shear. He started going to the shear and he told his father, you know, his father said, if you start getting too religious, you're not welcome in my house anymore. And but the guy, he, he, he couldn't stop himself. He was just so swept into learning. He decided he wants to go to yeshiva. He told his father, I want to go to yeshiva. His father said, you go to yeshiva, don't come back to this house. So he made a decision, he's going to yeshiva. And he was, uh, he didn't go back to his house. And um, at some point, he was mamish at Rangatan learning. And he wanted very much to be able to finish us. Well, I sort of made a kabbal. I want to finish us in three years. The problem was he had no money. His father wasn't giving him a penny. Didn't feel like uh, you know he had rebellion there. Who, whenever he needed something, wanted to help him. They recognized what his matzav was and his besirus nefesh. But he felt I can't live like this. So one day he walks into the base medrash or some shul. He opens up the arkadish. He says, "I gave up a lot. I gave up my family. I have no money. I want to learn." I need any push it, uh, you know, to, to get by. So this is please, I want to finish Shas in three years. I, I just need to get by to live. I have no thing. I need, I need some money. Okay, so uh, that day he's walking in the street, and he sees there's like a purse. He finds a purse, or some sort of a larger thing, and there's 20,000 shekel in it. So uh, he goes to the Rav there. He says, what should I do with this? And the Rav says to him, listen, this is a city that is roiv, uh, a lot of Arabs here. Most of the Jews over here are not religious. So probably the guy who lost it was Miyayish. So it's yours. So his fellow was answered, Ramesh, right away. So uh, with that money, he was able to learn. He finishes Shas in three years. He becomes the best Bach of the yeshiva. And, uh, you know, he wants to marry a Tayyidik Mishpacha, but, you know, he doesn't have the greatest yichas right now and all that. But sure enough, some very, very choshev arov is looking for a shidduch. He comes to the Rosh Yeshiva. The Rosh Yeshiva is the best bach of the Yeshiva, is this boy Ezra. He doesn't have a great background, but, you know, but he's a great bach. So they, they do the shidduch. And after they get engaged, the shver. Israel wants to know how did you uh, how did this work out? How did you finish Shas in three years? What a mamish Malayutic accomplishment. You know how many blot you have to learn a day to do Shas in three years and to know it. You know? So he tells them, you know, the mice I went to the shoot and I davened and and I walk in the street, I found this uh, this this bag, whatever it was, twenty thousand shekel. So the Shvir likes turned white. He says, you found what? He says, I found the sack with 20,000 shekel. He says, where'd you find it? He tells him, what, when, when did this happen? Turns out the Shver lost the money. And he gave up right away, like the Ruf told Ezra. And so the, the Hashgacha was that 
this person who's going to be the father-in-law lost the money that the son-in-law found three years before to enable him to be able to learn and finish Shas and become Choshev enough to marry his daughter. It's else, you know, the Vaishim fear developed. Right? Everything comes out with Ashkoch And that's the, that's the Yesoyed of Rome. But you have, it's another Nakud over here, which is at the Muad, this Machzik, the Mruba, they all stood in one place. So what is that? What does that have to do with anything? So the Hezber in the Muad Machzik, is a Maruba, is it Nemzach from the third day of creation of the world. Kadeshporchen created the world, and the world, as we know, it was covered with water, right? Mayim al Sahoy. On the third day, Kadeshporchen said, you kavu ha-mayim, so what comes out is that all the water in the world is now, the water that covered the entire universe is now held in a few oceans and a couple of lakes and rivers, right? But really, that's not enough space for all the water that previously covered the entire world, right? So if you imagine the whole world was one big Atlantic Ocean, right? And all of a sudden... The ocean had the, you know, was given less space, right? So where would all that water go, right? Elamai, this is an Indian of Muat Machsik Samaruba. There is a smaller space being Machsik the Maruba, right? And that's the, the Pshat, says, How do you know that? When you look at the world and you see Hashem was Miyasid the world, Al Yamim, and and the, the yamim are, are really should flood the world, but instead they they're, they're they're able to kept in a place that doesn't really have the ability to hold them. But doing that anyway, that's only because of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So how do you know Hashem or Zmoloya Kual Yamim Yisada? The idea of Muat Masik as a Maruba is a simon that is a Yara Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Right? It's not Shaykh Otherwise, this is. This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did, and that's the only way that it can work. So, the same thing, the whole miracle of the, the Kiyom of Kalal Yisrael, the survival of Kalal Yisrael in the face of all the nations of the world, right? The, the Pesach says in Yeshaya, Hoi hamoin amim rabim, kamois yamim bamoyim. You know, the, the, the Pesach is describing Sancheirev coming to Eretz Yisrael. Sancheirev, like... He went, he ripped through Eretz Yisrael till he got to Yerushalayim, right? Mamish like flooded it, just wiped out the place, gets to the gates of Yerushalayim where he met his water loop, right? But, uh, till then, it was like, like, hoi hamoin amim, it's like the hamoin amim, kamois yamim, like the roar of the ocean, right? Alright, so, uh, the umim kishoin mayim, kabirim vishoin, I'm not, I'm not sure if I read the Pusik, right? But I'll call upon the Pusik in Yishai describes the armies of Sanchev like the ocean roaring and the water flooding wherever it goes. You know, as the cloud is all surviving, we shouldn't survive. If you look at the history of the world and, and who we are in the smallest nation, surrounded by everyone who wants to destroy us, right? And everything that we went through, and here we are, it's a miracle of Muad Masikis Amarub, right? That, that we are few people, and when Masikis Amaruba, we, we, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're Masik, the Gansa Velt is holding on to us, but that, that's the Yisoyed <coughs> So when a Kodesh Borchu 
is, is telling Klal Yisrael, you're going to see this nace, he's going to talk to the rock to show that Teva is Meshubah to the Kayach of Torah. And you're standing over here in a tiny place that's holding all of you. What are you going to see? You're going to see that the whole world is Meshubah to the Kayach of Torah, to the Kayach of Klal Yisrael. Right? And in that matzah that you see this miracle, and Moshe is going to talk to the rock, you'll see that there's no such thing as Teva. It's all Meshubah to Klal Yisrael. It's all Meshubah to Torah. Right? That's what HaKadosh Baruch wanted to show them. And the same thing you find, I, I mentioned the other day, when Yeshua took the Meretz Yisrael, into Eretz Yisrael, before he did that, Simsumein ben Shnei Badi Arn, he shrunk them between two Badi Arn, to say the same thing. It's all totally in the Kayach of Torah. You're all here in a small mocking between the Badi Arn to show that the nature is, there's no such thing as nature. It's all Kayach of Torah, Right? Nature is follows the Torah. Then nature is bottled to Torah. The Yamsu splits, the, the river splits because the Torah dictated so. That, that's Teva. Teva is to obey the laws of Torah. And so uh, that's the, that's the Yisoyed Advarim. And so um, had they, had, had it worked out properly, we would have been Zoycha to go there as Yisrael and to realize that there's no Teva. It's just the Rots and Aboyre. It's just following the Torah and Teva is Meshubit to the Torah. Had Moshe spoken to the rock, Yad Beramimi would have told, showed everyone that the rock and nature is totally in Torah because he hit the rock. So he said, there's, there's a supreme koyach that can, that can override nature. But if that supreme koyach is not functioning, you're not in the midboard, then you're on your own. And you got to deal with Teva separately. And that was the downfall of Klau Yisrael. That was the problem. We have to understand that that's the way it works. The mice, the famous story that the, the guy who was learning in West Point how to be a general in the army. And so the, the general that was giving the course would teach them military uh, strategy by going through old wars that took place and showing them the strategy of the generals in the war. You know, the Battle of Gettysburg, you know, where General Lee went wrong and Grant was right and all the different wars that, and he would show them exactly the moves that were made and the mistakes that were made and whatever it was. And so there was a Jewish guy, Jewish kid in the class, and they're not religious, but one day he asked the general, he raised his hand in the middle of class, he says, uh, sir, whatever you call it, the teacher in the army. So he says... Uh, what? General. General. So he says, um, you give all these examples. Why did he ever give an example from some of the wars fought by the Israeli army? So he starts screaming at him. He says, you idiot. Don't ask stupid questions in classes. You know, they understand why it's a stupid question. I mean, there were pretty impressive wars that the Israeli army fought that you can show some strategy, how, you know, whatever it is. So um, he goes to the, the, the general's office after class and knocks on the door and he says, uh, sir, I'm just going to ask you why you always wrote the question. He says, you fool. The Israelis did not fight those wars. God fought those wars. And don't ask stupid questions again. Then the guy said, okay, I'm not. And he picked himself up and he went there to Israel and became a Malchu. And he realized that... Uh, the general realized that this is, you know, on one hand, it's Alpiteva, right? You know, uh, if you look at the Six-Day War, 
So what did they do the first day? They wiped out the Egyptian Air Force. So, you know, people look at it. This was a brilliant Israeli statistical move. They, uh, they, they, they came in and they got the Egyptians to start the planes. And once the planes were, were revving up the engines, so they sent heat-seeking missiles that destroyed the Air Force, right? And so a brilliant maneuver. Everybody, everything worked so perfectly. In six days, they wiped out these seven, eight nations, whatever it was. And so everyone looks at it as like, you know, it was a typical, you know, great Israeli army, right? And, it's all, it's a miracle of Piteva. That's what it is. It was, it, it's a miracle, but it's through Teva. You just see, you see Teva. That's the Yisaitet Vorim. So that's one Mahalach in it. Rav Shimon Schwab has is an interesting, unique Mahalach in, in And he says that Moshe Rabbeinu um, was nervous that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to him that... Um, Moshe hears Hashem says, You will give to drink the Ada and their cattle. There's a separation here of Ada and their cattle. So Moshe, what does Vishkisa mean? You're going to give them to drink. So you understood what HaKadosh Baruch wants to do is like Mesoita. You're going to make them drink. And the ones who complain that deserve to die are going to die. The ones who didn't deserve to die are not going to die. That's lesson of Hishkisa, right? Like it says earlier by the Chaita Egel, that's where it says that Moshe was, gave them to drink this water that he made, and the ones who died, died. So Moshe said, I had enough of this. I don't want to do this. So Hashem said to me to talk to the rock. I'm not talking to the rock. I'm going to hit the rock because I'm not interested in giving them to drink, right? So that's what he did. He took the mate and he hit the rock. And then it says, Here, it just says they drank. He didn't give them to drink. And it says, Not, that In other words, there was no chilek. Everyone was drinking at the same time. It wasn't that the Ada would drink because Moshe was mashke them. And the cattle drank because there was water. No, it was all one thing. Moshe would... Moshe did this hate because he didn't want Klal Yisrael to, to, to once again have to pay a price for something. Had enough. That's it. You know, it was only so many times I could deal with. The, so Moshe said, I'll take, I'll, you know, this one's on me. And he hit the rock. That's why if Schwab has a kasha, we say, Shana um, Rabba, we daven for rain. And we, we talk about Moshe Rabbeinu. So we, we say a lotion that, um, Right? Um, what, what, what do we pray? We have to Hashem to bring rain because Moshe hit the rock. And Moshe hitting the rock was not the greatest event in world history. So what are we saying? Because Moshe Rabbeinu hit the rock. Right? The Teretz is that Moshe Rabbeinu hit the rock because he wanted to save Klal Yisrael. Right? So Hagam, Hashem said, don't do it. And he did it. He did it to save Klaus. So we're saying, because of his Mesiris and Efesh, ultimately it was like a Nevei Lishma. says, Bavurai al And that's a chus. Don't hold back the water. So that was, that's his Mahalach and the hate that Moshe did. So like Hashem Shemayim. But I'll call upon him. And I think what we see is that um, we have to be able to look at the world and see the nature of the world is nothing more than uh, a reaction to 
Tyrus, the Teva subservient to Tyre. And when we believe that Teva has its own independence, and therefore we, we feel we have to deal with it independently from the way we act as Eden, that's when we have problems. Once you realize that Teva and Tyre and Teva are all one thing, then you can be Matzliya. <laughs> Next Tuesday night, I don't think um, I will be here. Wait a Shabbat. Everybody's welcome. The chuppah is.